Oh, that's good. You guys, you guys got to try this. It's really good. When I get a, a drink or something that I really like, depending on who it is, I will offer a, a cup, a drink from my cup. You know, if it's friends or uh, uh, family. And if I don't, I will at least recommend that you try it. Uh, I am someone who, let's put it this way. Are you guys familiar with the five love languages at all? Five love languages, Gary Chapman, you know, which ways your love tank is filled. Well, this isn't technically on the list, but one of my outgoing love languages is giving food and drink to, to people, uh, especially if it's stuff that I really like. Uh, I, even to the point where if I offer you something and you reject it, I will take personal offense. <laughs> Some of you are thinking, note to self, never turn down Pastor Josh, and you'd be right. Now, uh, this can be... Uh, this can get hard sometimes because sometimes I'll get something that I'm like, oh, this is really good, and I want to offer it to my three-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Abby, and I, I'll think, oh, she is going to love this. And it kind of takes the winds out of my sails when she rejects me. <laughs> but at least she does it in a nice way. She'll be like, no thanks, Daddy. Thanks, though. So I have to remind myself it's nothing personal. You know, she's even nice about it. But to me, offering a, a bite of food or a drink from my cup that's a really big deal to me. Here on this joyous Easter morning, we are celebrating the fact that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And we're going to be talking about drinking from a cup. Now, for as great as my uh, sherbet, uh, rainbow sherbet flavored G Fuel is, we're not going to be talking about that. Uh, we're, we'll talk about whose cup it is and what's in the cup in a little while. But before we get to that cup, there's actually another cup that we need to talk about. Uh, maybe you guessed that based on the fact that it says part two up there. Because on Good Friday, if you weren't with us, we talked about drinking from a cup. To bring you up to speed, if you weren't with us on Friday, we talked about the problem of sin. When someone has done something wrong, even one time, they have uh, made themselves sinful, and have separated themselves from a God who is perfect. And, and life apart from God is not life at all. It's not eternal life. And even more so, when someone sins, it makes them an enemy of God. And God deals with his enemies in a very strong way. There's a word for it, and it's wrath. In the Old Testament, there are 580 times that it talks about God dealing in wrath. And the image that's used is God making his enemies to drink from his cup of wrath. Now, this cup is not a literal cup, but it's a representation, a, a way that God talks about how he punishes his sinful enemies. In fact, here's a, a theological definition that I found for God's wrath his indignation at sin, his revulsion to evil and all that opposes him, his displeasure at it and the venting of that displeasure. It is his passionate resistance to every will that is set against him. You do not want to be under God's wrath. But the scary reality is that when you've sinned, when you have made yourself an enemy of God and are under his wrath, 
There's not a thing that you or I or any of us could do to change that. But God doesn't want enemies. He wants humans, his creation, to be in a good relationship with him. And so in the Old Testament, he put in the sacrificial system whereby the blood of animals would hold off and appease God's wrath. And so that's great. It it allowed uh, people to be in the presence of God. But the problem was this wasn't a permanent solution. Sacrifices had to be continually made over and over again. And so God sent his son, Jesus, to drink that cup in our place. On the cross, Jesus drank God's cup of wrath every last drop. God treated his son, Jesus, like his enemy so that he could treat us, his enemies, like sons and daughters. And on Friday, we poured a cup that that represented God's cup of wrath onto the cross. All of God's anger over sin, his wrath for every single thing that we have done wrong, was poured out on Jesus instead of us. Jesus drank the cup of wrath that we should have drunk. The events of Friday, while themselves are awful, are good for us. That's why we call it Good Friday. But the story of Jesus, it doesn't end on Friday. If it did, then, uh, sorry, Friday doesn't do anything for us if Sunday doesn't happen. If Jesus stayed dead, he would be just another guy. There have been plenty of people who have claimed to be God, but have proven to be liars. And so if Jesus stayed dead, his claims about being the Son of God, about forgiving sins, and about giving eternal life would have all been lies. But here on Easter, we celebrate the fact that Christ is risen! Because Jesus rose, we are assured that he is who he says he is. Friday is good because of the joy and assurance that we have on Sunday. Now, if all that Jesus did was take away the cup of wrath from us, that would still be good, right? I think we can all agree, not having to be punished for our sins is a lot better than being punished for our sins. But Jesus does one better. To, you know, like Pastor Smith said a few weeks ago, but wait, there's more. Now that I think of it, I think he still had from Billy Mays with OxyClean. I, I don't know. Jesus takes the cup of wrath that we were supposed to drink, but he also gives us a cup that we do get to drink. Now before we talk about what it is that we get to drink, I think it's important to understand the context of sharing a cup with someone. In ancient times, sharing a cup with someone was a really big deal. It was a sign of friendship, of peace. Very different from the cup of wrath that God forces his enemies to drink. So to peacefully share a a cup with someone is to demonstrate that the relationship between the two parties is good. You know, think about when Jesus 
instituted the Lord's Supper the night before he died. He shared the cup with his disciples. He passed the cup around. And think about who he shared that cup with. With Judas, who would betray him to his murderers. With Peter, who would deny knowing him. And with the rest of his disciples, who would all abandon him. Jesus was giving this amazing demonstration of peace and love, even knowing that they would all mistreat him in one way or another. Sharing a cup with someone is a sign of peace and love, and it demonstrates from the person giving it to the person receiving it that there is peace among them. So that's what the cup itself means. So Jesus sharing the cup with us, it's a really big deal. It's really good for us. What cup do we get to drink? What's in the cup? The cup that we get to drink from is the cup of life, the salvation of our souls. This cup is a sign of friendship and love and peace that Jesus is giving us. The, uh, he's offering us the forgiveness of sins. By Jesus giving us this cup, it is showing us that we are at peace, that we are forgiven of our sins. The forgiveness of sins is eternal life. It's the exact opposite of the cup that Jesus drank, the, the cup of wrath. And because Jesus' death on the cross, because he drank every last drop of God's righteous anger over sin, God isn't mad at you. In fact, not only is he not mad at you, but he loves you. God isn't looking at you thinking they're one mistake away from me just washing my hands and being done with them. God doesn't look at you and think, oh, I'm, I'm so disappointed in who you've become. No, God doesn't think any of that. God looks at nothing, God looks at you with nothing but love. His disposition towards you is one of grace. Now, do we still sin? Yeah. Every day we will fail to love our neighbors how we should, and we will fail to love God how we should. But God still loves you, and he forgives you, and he wants to give you life. Because Jesus drank God's cup of wrath, because he died in order to take your sins away, God doesn't look at you as his enemy. Because of Jesus, by believing in Jesus, you are a friend of God. Think about that. You go from facing eternal punishment to, because of Jesus, having eternal life, being a friend of God. God's cup of wrath is taken off the table altogether, and you are given the cup of life. Your sins are forgiven. And for as excited as I am to share, you know, a delicious drink with my family, which I am, I do get excited about. God is infinitely more to share this cup with you. It's kind of like how we heard in Psalm 23. God makes our cup overflow. God's forgiveness will always fill the cup past the brim. You will never have to worry about that cup running out. You will never have to worry if there is enough forgiveness. 
Let me just say that as clearly as I can. God loves you. He forgives you. He's not mad at you. He's not disappointed in you. You don't have to wait to get your life together or clear things up in your life before you come to him. He wants a relationship with you wherever you are in life. He wants you to come and taste, to come and experience the life and forgiveness that he offers you. You know how I said earlier that God's cup of wrath is like a a figurative way of speaking about how God deals with his enemies? The cup of life, it's not just figurative language. God is so excited about giving us forgiveness that he offers it to us in many ways. He does it through words, like reading the Bible, like hearing uh, gospel-centered preaching, like have, uh, confessing your sins and having them forgiven. But also he does it through tangible means, like baptism, like the Lord's Supper. Every time you hear and believe God's word, his word of forgiveness and that he loves you, it's like taking a drink, uh, a big old gulp out of that cup of life. And it's so powerful because he doesn't just want to tell you that he loves you. I think we've all experienced times where someone has said something and then you realize, well, talk is cheap. They're just words. But he wants to give you a physical reminder that he loves you and forgives you. A physical reminder of the life that he gives you. You know, Jesus showed his love on the cross. He didn't just tell us how much he loves us, but he demonstrated his love by dying on the cross. And Jesus doesn't only tell us that we are forgiven, but he gives us tangible reminders of that forgiveness. So today, in addition to hearing God's word, we are actually going to receive the tangible forgiveness in the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is the very forgiveness of sins. It is a literal drinking of his cup. It is one of the ways that God wants us to experience the life and forgiveness that he offers. Jesus took the full punishment for every wrong that you've ever done or ever will do. Every sin. He drank every last drop of God's cup of wrath. He paid the price. And because he rose again, we get to celebrate the fact that he has exchanged cups with us. He's taken the cup of wrath and gives you the cup of life instead. Drink from his cup, his cup of life and forgiveness that will never run dry. Christ is risen. risen Jesus, we thank you that you have taken the cup of wrath from us, the cup that we deserve to drink. Thank you that you have given us this cup in its place, this cup of life and forgiveness that will never run dry. Thank you for Good Friday. And thank you for the empty tomb of Easter Sunday. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.